Hello and welcome to episode 49 of the Retro Game Time Machine podcast. This week, time travelers, we're having a chat about NBA Jam and going back to the year 1993. At the time of recording, it is June the 1st, 2022. I am Ash the Newton and joining me through a series of tubes is my co-host, Andy the Android. Hello. How are you doing? How Again, I guess I got to ask, I got to get out of the way. What's the weather like on your end of the tubes? Oh, you know, um, not that bad. Uh, I would say, excuse me, probably like um, warm, but not too hot. Not like I need to turn on the air conditioner. So. All right. So we got, yeah. Comfortable. Yeah, high of 84 today. Um, nothing really to report. I was perfectly happy to go outside during the middle of the day during my lunch break. So <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, this is kind of like the weather. I just wish it would be like all summer long. You know, you get some days that are in the seventies and you get some yeah. days that are in the eighties, but never just, just in the nineties. Come on down to where I'm at. And it's pretty much like that. I don't know. We, we yeah. do get, we do get some days that are in the nineties and that's yes. uh, it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Luckily it's rare, but um, yeah, that's, that's a good point. I was actually wondering what your weather was like as I was streaming uh, earlier today for the first time in like a month playing some NBA Jam. Yeah, and, that's right. Uh, I think somebody may have asked. I think I think it was maybe Gerald RX40 asked how my weather was. Maybe somebody else did. Maybe you did. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was curious what your weather was like because ours is supposed to be like 80 or something. But Oh, nice. Nice. Not bad. Not bad at yeah. all. Yeah. That guy, Jerry. So... Um, <laughs> It's a, uh, yeah, I, I miss him. I miss streaming, and, <laughs> but it was nice to see you, um, you know, up, up there is, is for the little bit of time that I was able to squeeze out to, to see what, what was going on. So, yeah, I only, I was on for, I think a little, little under two hours. So oh, normally, wow. normally I go for, you know, three maybe slightly longer. That was a lot longer than I thought you were. I thought it was more like an hour, but <laughs> that's how fast my day was going by. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. At least I think I did it that long anyway, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so let's see a couple things been going on. Um, I think I mentioned in the last episode, I was going to go visit my dad, which I did. And we went to an arcade in Portland and that was super fun. I uh, went to an arcade called ground control. Mm -hmm. Been there before. Um, ended up playing a number of different things, which I will talk about when we get to the stuff that we've been playing. But then also, my grandmother made me a quilt. Oh, yes, she did. She made me an incredibly epic quilt. I haven't seen my grandmother in a few years, and this is the first time that I've you know seen her in actually probably, probably about six years, close to it anyway. Mm -hmm. And she apparently has been working on this quilt the entire time for me. <laughs> and... I mean, you know, it's not the only one that she's worked on in the amount of time, but it was it was pretty intricate. So she made me this Super Mario Brothers 3 themed quilt with a big Mario in the middle. And then around, you know, around the edges of the quilt, there's, you know, the question mark block, um, the fire flower, a bullet bill, a pea piranha plant, like all different kinds of stuff from Mario 3. There is one little Yoshi thing that's in there. Um, as well, but holy crap, it's amazing. Like yeah, it, saw, it apparently was like, picture. it's, I mean, yeah. it looks, you would think, oh, oh, it's a homemade project, whatever. It looks official. Like it Dude, looks it's amazing. Pixel perfect. Well, we'll say. Yeah. <laughs> so she, she told me that she cut out more than 6,000 squares to do all the pixel art 
for this quilt, and it's like a quilt for a king size bed. So it's gigantic. And That's it's amazing. amazing. I wouldn't do that for anybody. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's incredible. I was uh, I was incredibly touched to see it. So much time and so much work went into it. So, yeah, I I might see if I can uh, somehow include a picture in this for folks to see. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. Anyway, yeah, it needs to be shared. It's very cool. Yeah, I wanted to throw it out there before I forgot to talk about it because yeah. I definitely wanted to bring it up. And like, I and I used it like as soon as I got it, like I used it that night um, <laughs> in the guest room at my dad's house. So, yeah, or um, you could post it on Instagram too. The show has an Instagram. I could. Yeah, I need to take I a better you. picture. Yeah, but yeah, actually, I should. It's a good idea. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, what uh, what have you been up to? before we jump into the new stuff. Yeah, I've been I've been kind of um kind of busy just, you know, sort of uh you know, I think I've talked about before possibly, you know, we we had a new backyard put in, all paved and Yes, yeah, a very nice backyard, I must add. Yep. I assembled the gazebo and this last weekend I installed the 65-inch TV, but um ah. but I was given. It was a free TV. So <laughs> Heck yeah, that's cool. So, so yeah, it's doing it's doing good outside. It's cozy. It's working. Um, been watching a lot of NBA basketball as of late. We're kind of on a break almost this week until tomorrow. Uh, so when the Golden State Warriors take on the Boston Celtics in Game One, and this is the finals, right? This is the finals. So go Warriors! Yeah, I know. Go Warriors! I'm I'm excited to see that. But yeah, it's been an interesting. Finals. I, I, you know, I was favoring the Miami Heat for the East, but it it didn't happen. It, it, they lost by like four points. That was uh. <laughs> at the end game seven. You know, like at the very end at home at the it's buzzer. Like, it's yeah, they were that close. You know, so dang. Uh, but uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much what I've been doing. And I've also been playing basketball myself. You know, I've been talking about this for months, but I think I've got like a groin or leg injury, so I'm kind of you know, occasionally uncomfortable or hobbling around. So <laughs> that's kind of what I'm dealing with, but um, it doesn't affect me too much. So, well, I've been playing a lot of basketball too, but in the form of NBA jam. That's right. Yes, you have. And as have I, at least a little bit. <laughs> so yeah, been, been playing a few different, few different versions of it. Also watching and learning a lot about NBA jam. There's a lot of, a lot of great YouTube videos, which, um, some of the stuff that I want to bring up, what, you know, once we travel through time and we're talking about NBA Jam, some of that stuff I learned in this like two hour long, well, almost two hour long documentary that I watched this morning. And I will definitely have that linked in the show notes for <laughs> folks that want to watch it. If you're like an NBA Jam super fan and you want to learn some more really interesting stuff beyond what we talk about here, I strongly recommend that video. It's very well done. Um, I did not think that. I would care to stick around for the hour and 50 minutes, but it really like it had me the whole time. So it was great. I can't believe it's like, I don't know. It's only had a a few thousand views like this. This deserves more. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. It was really well done. And I think it captures the uh, essence of the time um, really well. Though, you know, I didn't watch the whole thing. I will definitely continue to watch it because it's very good. Yeah, it's good stuff. All right, well, anything else you want to talk about before we talk about some news? 
Nothing comes to mind. I was actually uh, just eyeballing our first story here. Yeah. The So I just, you know, I think free video games are cool. So mm-hmm. I saw that uh, Tell Me Why is free on Xbox and on Steam for the entire month of June, if I'm not mistaken. And they're doing it for Pride Month. Um, so awesome. Free video games. And, yeah, I, I don't you know, even... and, and for Pride Month. Yeah, absolutely. For yeah, I, I just I actually didn't know about this game. I oh yeah, <laughs> I I've, I've definitely heard of it. Okay, yeah, I haven't. I for some reason I probably read about it or heard about it, but I just it slipped my mind. I've certainly you know played Life is Strange, so I'm familiar with Don't Nod Entertainment. So yeah, I was gonna say it's a it's a game that's very like in the same vein as life is strange though. I have also not played those games, but I've only heard really great things about that series. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting as well. Um, and I think I, I didn't play true colors, life is strange, true colors, but, uh, I did watch critic Al on stream play quite a bit. And I was really impressed with, you know, like sort of the options, like, um, that you get to sort of choose your friends or your partner in the game, you know, and they're sort of, uh, across different sexes and things like that. I thought it was very inclusive. So I appreciated that. And so yeah. I might not play that game because I think I had the story like totally spoiled for me. I just like watched the whole thing. <laughs> but, um, and I definitely want to get to Life is Strange. Uh, like get around to finishing that. It's just they, they released the remastered and now it's hard to, you know, shouldn't I, I feel like that's the version I should be playing. So, <laughs> but that's not the version I own. So they got me. Oh, well. Yeah, that's okay. Can't win them all the time. <laughs> no, no. Um, so uh, next story we have here is uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator's free Top Gun t- content has arrived. And uh, with since Top Gun Maverick is in theaters, uh, so um, I guess Microsoft Flight Simulator's had a tie-in, which is the, actually the first I'm hearing about it. I had no idea. Oh, uh, well, we did, we did talk about... Like I have a very vague memory of many episodes ago this came up because I was like, wait, we'll get a jet. We'll okay. get a jet and flight simulator. <laughs> um so yeah, you get a you get an FA FA18E Super Hornet, as well as three Super Hornet training missions designed after some complicated fighter pilot maneuvers, including unrestricted takeoffs and split S maneuvers, um, says this polygon article. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. I was just thinking about um, Microsoft Flight Simulator because uh, I was going through some stuff at work, and there there was a flight stick that was there. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, this is cool. Yeah, and so um, I don't know if it was a good flight stick, but I was like, this is kind of this is neat. <laughs> this is I wanted to play Flight Simulator with one of these. So yeah, try it out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, st- I still feel like I need to upgrade my GPU before I try and play this hey, game again. Hey, you can do cloud <laughs> streaming for this. Ah, uh, that's a good point. Yeah, Very good point. You can do cloud streaming for the console version of it. So then I don't know if you'd really be able to plug in a flight stick to your PC for that. Maybe Pro- I don't know. Maybe probably. that would work. Probably not, because I think as far as I'm aware, cloud streaming requires like it won't run unless you've got a a 360 controller like ready to go, plugged in. Hmm. But maybe inquiring maybe, minds would like to know. Yeah, it depends. Uh, I guess it depends if the Xbox version recognizes flight sticks. I don't know. 
yeah, actually it does. Um, like there are, well, there are Xbox specific flight sticks. So I, that's why I'm like, I wonder if you can use just the flight stick through the streaming on your PC, but who knows? Who knows? That would be cool. If somebody does know, let us know. We can, (laughs) we can be happy that we have an answer, even if it's one we don't like. Um, all right. Well, anything else about flight simulators, free top gun content? I don't think so. But are you going to see that movie? I want to, but yeah. I actually I want to I want to watch the first Top Gun again because I haven't seen it since I was a kid. You know, you know what I saw is it's on Netflix right now. Okay, so cool. <laughs> I'll yeah. have to check that out. But yeah, I do want to see Top Gun Maverick. I think I watched Top Gun, but I was so young that I don't remember anything about it. Something about yeah. a motorcycle, volleyball. That's about it. Motorcycle, volleyball, and jets, and poor goose. Yeah. I've been... Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I didn't know about goose, but the the Skyhawk team in Rocket League, the bot team, has goose as one of their playable cars, because, again, all the teams in Rocket League have these little themes. It has a halo over it, so it's like, oh. oh, Yeah. Yeah. Neat little (laughs) nod, you know? So, Yeah. Yeah, I love those Rocket League teams. I think they're 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 genius the way that they're just sort of worked in there and <laughs> very very creative. Well, for this next thing, I'm I can't say that I'm surprised that this has happened. Knockout City is officially free to play and season 6 is now live. So, yeah, I I had a lot of fun when we tried playing this game in the past. Yeah, it's a hard game. That's probably the biggest reason why I haven't come back to it. Is yeah, once you start getting matched up with people that have been playing for quite a while, um, <laughs> they just they completely destroy you while yeah. you're still trying to like get your bearings. Like day one, it was super fun because nobody knew what the hell they were doing. Um, but then, like you know, only casually playing this game. <laughs> It's kind of hard. So I'm I'm hoping that the fact that it's going to be free to play, it's going to open it up so there's a lot more noobs like myself if I decide to try to play this some more. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting concept, you know. So if you haven't played Knockout City or don't remember us talking about it, it's a sort of multiplayer game involving dodgeball. Yeah, it's like 3v3 dodgeball. Yeah. Yeah, it's and um, you know all kinds of counters and deflections and you can uh, like fake people out, specialized balls like exploding balls and sniping. Yeah, the <laughs> sniping one looks like a football, like an American football that you would throw. Yeah. Yes, um, right. some bombs. It's all moon it's all crazy balls. stuff. Oh, oh yeah, yeah the moon ball. <laughs> moon physics induced whenever you're holding. Anyway, it's just really interesting. Yeah, but it's a fun game. So I hope that uh, with it going free to play, like I said, it just kind of makes makes a larger playing field. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that it kind of evens things out. Because yeah, if you're trying to come into it with all the people that play it all the time, and it's just them, yeah, good luck, man. Yeah. Hope you got a lot of patience. But it is fun to play with your friends. Absolutely. Uh, should we jump to our next story? Yeah. 
All right. Uh, so uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2 uh, releases on Switch this June. And I think this is really, really interesting, in my opinion, because, you know, these games are still releasing on Switch. But we also have a remaster of the original Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. So it's kind of like choose your own adventure. Do you want to play the classic game or do you want to play? Yeah, I think the, the game? I think the new remaster, though is going to be just on uh, PlayStation. Oh, okay. If I'm yes. not mistaken. Yeah, I, I'm yeah, I didn't know um, necessarily. So I just I just think it's kind of yeah, it's kind of interesting. We've got normally you kind of get one or the other. You know, you get the re-release and then maybe years later you get the remaster or you get the remaster and then the re-release. Yeah, I've always wanted to play these games, especially since they were they're on mobile. There's lots of ways to play them, um, but playing them to go on the Switch doesn't seem like a bad idea. No, not at all. Um, you know, I, I know we've talked about Kotor before, and that one is also on the Switch as well. But I, I played it like right right when it came out on the original Xbox. I never did beat it, but I did put a lot of time into it, and it was really fun. Yep. Shout out to my uh, friend Crawfish Pinch. He really likes this game. <laughs> yep. Mr. RX40 as well. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. He, though he though I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember if he's played the second one or not. Um, yeah, and I'm sure that he's getting excited thinking that now we're going to be doing an episode about this because we're <laughs> talking about it again. Um, it's just in the news, man. It's just in the news. There's, there's a lot of hours to get through in that game. Yeah, it, there there certainly is. Though I would love to. That, that I think sounds... it's like I think it's like at least forty hours or something. <laughs> it's okay. Which, I you know we got it. I'll quit my job. That's all. That's all. <laughs> so it's funny. I'm saying it's at least forty hours. And uh, spoiler alert, but one of the games that I've been playing again lately, I'm like seventy three or four hours into, and I feel like I'm like maybe halfway through the game. Oh my god! But that's that's not <laughs> common for me to play games of this length, um, and love playing games of this length. So sure, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, had uh, had quite a few hours of story in the game that I'm referring to, and took an involuntary nap because of it, because <laughs> I was so comfortable in in this in this reclining chair that I have here in my office. Oh, so, that sounds nice. <laughs> yeah, took a little snooze um, the other day. So anyway, okay. <laughs> so that is all of our news stuff. Anything else you want to talk about here before we jump in that time machine so we can go talk about NBA Jam? I, do, I don't think so. Um, though, I think a PlayStation State of Play was today. I'm just going to mention that. So sorry. Oh, I think there was... Um, I didn't see anything mentioned on any of the news sites I was just looking at. Yeah, and there was a Pokemon ta- trailer dropped too. Um, actually, maybe maybe not. I think there's a state of play coming. Okay, yeah, we're just gonna cut this out. Maybe uh, it's like tomorrow <laughs> or something. Um, it's it's coming. I think it's part of the Summer Games Fest. It's just like Sony's calling it the State of Play, but the Summer Games Fest logo is on the announcement banner as well. So, all right. So State of Play is coming. So yeah, that didn't happen yet. It's coming soon. So also, real quick before we jump in that time machine, just want to let everybody know there's no official date 
for the arcade release of NBA Jam just says April of 1993. So made the executive decision that we are going back to mid-month and just hoping that it existed somewhere. And, uh, you know, if it didn't, then prove me wrong. And that's that's fine, because then maybe if you can prove me wrong, then maybe that means that we will get an official release date uh, for the first cabinet. But anyway, all right, we ready? Ready to get in that time machine? We're ready. All right, let's get in that time machine. And we have arrived. It is April the 15th, 1993. And that song playing here in the arcade... Right next to this beautiful, brand new NBA Jam cabinet. The song that is playing is Informer by Snow, which we may have heard before. We, we may have, and I, it's such an interesting song. I don't know whether to love it or to hate it. I can't, <laughs> we can't figure it out. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of on the fence with you there. Yeah. Um, and now that Informer is finishing, the number one song, or sorry, the song that is playing next is the number one song in the UK, which is Young at Heart by the Bluebells. Which, when I listened to this earlier, was like, I don't think I've heard this before unless we've already done something from this day. And I heard it then, said the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I also haven't heard it's a very unusual song, in my opinion. But it, it does, it sounds like something that was maybe released in the 60s, but, <laughs> but nope, 1993. Yeah. Um, other things going on this month in April of 1993, April the 4th, WrestleMania 9 at Caesars Palace, Las Vegas, Nevada. Yokozuna beats Bret Hart for the WWF heavyweight title. April the 5th, construction begins on Cleveland's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum. Uh, April the 16th, David Lee Roth was arrested in New York City for purchasing marijuana for $10. Oh. $10 <laughs> worth of marijuana and you're going to jail? <laughs> Come on, that's that's nothing. What are you uh, gonna do with ten dollars worth of marijuana? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, it was a little bit more back then, you know. Yeah, that's so. fair. But st- <laughs> it also wasn't it wasn't as good back then. But anyway, ten that's it. Ten bucks, and David Lee Roth goes to jail. Yeah. Um. All right. Also, this month, April the twentieth. Uranus passes Neptune and the planets here, uh, which is it's significant because it happens only once once every 171 years. So we will not be alive for the next passing of this unless some crazy stuff happens and I get that robot body I've been wanting. Well, neither are planets anymore, so... <laughs> what? Maybe no one cares. Yes, they are. They're planets, uh, only Pluto isn't. Oh, I thought... I Okay, I thought... I thought um, Uranus and Neptune were also disqualified. What? Maybe okay. Yeah, I guess it's just Pluto. Okay, it, it's been a while since I've been in high school. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. April the twenty first, Action TV series. Sorry, April the twenty first, Action TV series. Walker, Texas Rangers, starring none other than Chuck Norris, debuts on CBS. April the twenty third, Peter Townsend's musical Tommy premieres in New York City. April the 24th, Farm Aid 6, held in Ames, Iowa. Performers include Willie Nelson, John Mellencamp, Neil Young, Arlo Guthrie, that that dang old Alice's Restaurant, uh, the Jayhawks, Lyle Lovett, Johnny Cash, Ricky Van Shelton, Marty Stewart, Mar- Martina McBride, Bruce Hornsby, Brian Adams, Ringo Starr, and Dwight Yoakam. Though I'm not a big country guy, that would have been a great concert to go to. Mm. 
Uh, April the 26th, NBC announced Conan O'Brien to replace David Letterman on Late Night. Music release this month includes Pablo Honey from Radiohead, Get a Grip from Aerosmith, Black Tie White Noise from David Bowie, Pork Soda from Primus, and Undertow from Tool. Lots of really good music here. Uh, movies released this month include Sinbad, Afros and Bell Bottoms, Benny and Jude. Sorry, Benny and June, not Jude. One of my cats' named is, names is Jude, so I've got Jude on the brain. Uh, Boiling Point, Death Train, The Crush, and, and, ladies and gentlemen, The Sandlot. Wow. Forever. I actually can't remember, I can't believe that that came out this this year. I would have thought at least three years later that, that movie came out, but anyway. Yeah, April of 93, man. We got NBA Jam in the Sandlot. It's one of the best yeah. months in history. Yeah. Uh, the best-selling video games for home consoles this month were Tecmo NBA Basketball for the NES, Star Fox for the SNES, X-Men for the Genesis, Willy Beamish for the Sega CD, Super Mario Land 2 for the Game Boy, and Sonic the Hedgehog 2 for the Game Gear. And the top video game rentals from Blockbuster this month were and uh, Tecmo NBA Basketball for the NES, Tecmo Super NBA Basketball for the Super Nintendo and X-Men for the Sega Genesis. So if we've been to April in 1993, it was probably Star Fox. It released sometime, maybe, in April. Oh, it may have. May have. Anyway, just thinking out loud. So, um, Yeah, so NBA Jam and NBA Jam Tournament Edition. We're just sort of looping those two into one here. Released uh, April of 1993 full stop no no actual day <laughs> and um today it is playable on sorry i was just gonna say we do have release dates for all of the various console versions but yes. for the arcade version which is initially what we're talking about yeah no no specific date it just materialized it just appeared one day i mean that's know? what it feels like it just <laughs> appeared in my life and it's never been the same since <laughs> Um, so today is playable on at arcade as mentioned before the uh, SNES Genesis and 32X PlayStation Saturn Atari Jaguar Microsoft DOS Game Boy and Game Gear as for the history of the game the game was devised after Midway's previous arcade release Total Carnage failed to meet sales expectations lead designer and programmer Termel wanted to develop a game with a wider appeal and decided to mix the digitized graphics of some of Midway's previous titles to create a similar title, excuse me, a title similar to Midway's previous basketball game, Arch Rivals. Midway was able to procure a license from the NBA, paying royalties of $100 for each unit sold. The NBA initially reacted uh, reacted negatively to the game, feeling that an arcade game was wrong for the branding. The reference point were the arcades in the Times Square area of New York, which had a bad reputation. After a second pitch to the NBA that showcased arcade games in bowling alleys and more family-friendly locations, they eventually became convinced of its potential. In one of Midway's original pitch videos to the NBA, they stated that they plan on including various additional features. These included different camera angles, tips from coaches, instant replays, and first-person view on fast breaks. None of these features were included in the final game. The graphics of 
for the NBA players were created from digitized video footage of several amateur basketball players, including future NBA player Stephen Howard. These players were available as secret characters in certain versions of the game. Tramiel recounted, My big ideas in NBA Jam were to do these spectacular dunks and two-on-two basketball, but the whole game was very much a team effort. For instance, someone else came up with the idea of attributes and giving players different abilities. Game artist Tony um, Gotsk? <laughs> yeah, either that or Gotsky. Or Gotsky, I'm not sure. Gotsk. Gotsky. Okay, so we'll go Tony Gotsky. Yeah, I heard it earlier in the the documentary, and I actually I wrote this little part that I learned because it wasn't in the Wikipedia article. Okay, got it. Uh, game artist Tony Gotsky had to source his own reference material for creating the headshots of all the players. The NBA did not have headshots of all their players, so Tony and the rest of the development team were left looking for basketball cards, magazines, newspapers, and still images from recordings of NBA games so that the art for each player could be created. Yeah, it was pretty wild. Like, when they were going through this process and the NBA was like, yeah, okay, you can. You can use this and you can use the likeness of these players. They were like, cool, give us picks. (laughs) And they're like, we don't don't have any of that. Um, And they also were not okay with them just going on site doing stuff. So it was real like guerrilla stuff they had to do to kind of get this uh, the way that they wanted it. So mm-hmm. I think it's it's incredible. Uh, let's see. The player stats in game would dynamically change based on which team was ahead. This is also what I learned today. Uh, the more points ahead you are, the worse your stats become and the better your opponent's stats become. This made it near impossible for blowouts to happen in NBA Jam. Midway wanted to ensure that all the games would be close, therefore keep, keeping players at the machine to continue adding quarters. Well, that's a, that's charlatan. <laughs> I mean, also right <laughs> like, so a lot of people were like, yeah, like there's obvious rubber banding in the video that I watched. They gave the code breakdown of the mm. rubber banding of like exactly how it's coded into the game. And I, I can't say that I'm mad about it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like, I think it kind of makes sense. Like, you're so if you're in a dead heat, there's no stat changes whatsoever. But if I score a basket and I have two more points than you, then they're like, okay, you are like X, X small percent chance more likely as the losing team to score your next basket. Like, mm. you know, you get an X percentage modifier on like your that three that you're shooting. Whereas if I'm in the lead and I go to shoot that three, it takes some of my percentage away. And the 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 larger the disparity is between the scores, the more out of whack it becomes. Like okay. there was one that was like, once you get to like I think 10 points is the threshold. Or it's maybe not the threshold, but it's the max. So it's like if you're if you have a 10-point lead, the losing team is 250% more likely to steal the ball from you. Oh my god! Then if you guys had an even score, so yeah, so it, it is it is absolutely built into the game. But now that I know that, like since I was playing after learning that, I'm like, okay, well, I just have to take that into account. I just have to know that now that I'm eight points up, if I take this three, 
it's a snowball's chance in hell that I'm actually going to get <laughs> that basket. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So it makes more sense to dunk it in that scenario. So even then it might get, it might get knocked out of your hands. It might get stolen. Yeah. They get way more aggressive, but anyway, just waste the clock. <laughs> yeah. Basically eat the clock. Uh, uh, and um, in 2008, Terminal confirmed a long-held suspicion that the game had a bias against the Chicago Bulls. According to Termel, a Detroit Pistons fan, the game was programmed such that the Bulls would miss last-second shots in close games against the Pistons. <laughs> I think terrible. that is hilarious. It's, it's hilarious, but terrible. <laughs> well, I think it's funny, too, because, uh, you know, Midway, they're, 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 they're based out of Chicago. So it's funny that a Chicago-based video game development company put in the Bulls would miss last-second shots against the Pistons. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I th- I think it just adds, you know, that um, adds some tension that it's the added tension you have being a fan in an unknown, you know, like a f- area foreign to you. And then when you have a team that's as wildly successful as the Chicago Bulls, it probably gets pretty annoying. So I, I guess it could have been worse. So <laughs> yeah, I think it's hilarious though that he intentionally yeah. coded it that way. Right. Uh, Iguana Entertainment handled the conversion of the game to home consoles. According to new Iguana Pre- president Jeff Spangenberg, um, sorry, I didn't see that name before, so it's it's fun to say Spangenberg, uh, including the time spent on learning the then-new PlayStation hardware, the PlayStation version took six months to develop. The Saturn version took longer to develop, in part because of the greater complexity of the hardware, but also because the Iguana Entertainment did not have access to the Sega Graphics Library operating system, which was used to facilitate the Saturn versions of Virtual Fighter 2, Virtual Cop, among other games. Uh, the Game Gear and PlayStation ports were programmed by Iguana UK employee Chris Kirby, with the Sega Saturn version coded by Darren uh, Turncliffe. Steve Snake, who would later create the Genesis emulator Kega Fusion, made the 32X version. The game was written entirely in assembly language, and the game has uh, had a marketing budget of $10 million. So also, one other thing I want to throw out that I learned today in the video that I watched that, again, I strongly recommend, unless unless I talk through all the most important things about it, and then I'll say you don't need to watch it. So the guy that made the video actually did it as a review of, like, he's doing, uh, he's reviewing every Saturn game that was released in North America. And this was his video about NBA Jam, which was way more than just about the Saturn version. But they did interview Chris Kirby, the guy that they're talking about who did the PlayStation port. They get He got really in-depth between the very small differences between the PlayStation version and the Saturn version. But then uh, he ended up also getting contact with, uh, was it Steve Snake? Yes, Steve Snake, who filled in some more information about the PlayStation version and how the PlayStation version that was released in the United States and the EU differ from the version released in Japan. Because, and I I think I've talked about this on the last podcast when we were going to be doing this, the AI in the PlayStation version in the US and in the EU is incredibly aggressive. And they're incredibly aggressive because of a bit-to-byte ratio thing that was like slightly mixed up in the coding. So it's fixed in the Japanese version of the game for the PlayStation. So 
the definitive version to own on the PlayStation is the Japanese version <laughs> of NBA <laughs> really Jam. <laughs> um, so yeah. Anyway, all like so many really cool things that I learned uh, today. So please continue. Sure. Um, this is the tournament edition. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, an update named NBA Jam Tournament Edition, commonly referred to as NBA Jam TE, was released in arcades. NBA Jam TE included updated rosters, new features, and Easter eggs combined with the same gameplay of the original. John Hay created new music specifically for NBA Jam TE to replace the original NBA Jam music. Teams now consisted of three players, although um, only two could be on the court at any given time. Um, in practice, the extra player meant greater variety of lineups. With the exception of the new rookies team, which consisted of five players all picked in, for, in the 1994 NBA draft, players could be substituted into the game between quarters. Um also, I believe to unlock the rookies team, I heard that you have to beat every NBA team. So, um, yep, yeah, one way or another. So, I think that at least in the at least in the home console version, it's just there. Okay, I'm pretty sure cool. in what I was watching, if not even in the arcade. Um, let's see. Uh, the game also featured new hidden teams and secret playable characters. Early versions of the games included characters from Midway's Mortal Kombat games. Players were also assigned more attributes, including clutch and fatigue levels. In addition, the game also introduced features such as tournament mode that turned off computer assistance and on-court hotspots that allowed for additional points or special slam dunks. The test version of NBA Jam Tournament Edition included six hidden characters which were taken out of the final version by the crest of the NBA. Uh, Evil... Wait. El, El Vicious? Sorry. Mm -hmm. El Vicious, Grim Reaper, Kong, Raiden, Reptile, and Sub-Zero. Midway also stated they would update the test version cabinets to remove these characters. In addition to the arcade version, NBA Jam Tournament Edition was ported to the Super Nintendo Genesis 32X, Game Boy, Game Gear, Sega Saturn, PlayStation, Atari Jaguar, and with a PlayStation port serving as the North America launch title for the PlayStation. As for the reception, the game became exceptionally popular and generated a significant amount of money for arcades after its release. In the United States, it topped the monthly replay charts for upright arcade cabinets from April 1993 through summer of to um, April 1993 through summer to October of 1993. That's kind of a weird way to say that. Um, replay listed it as America's top-grossing arcade game of summer of 1993. The game's U.S. revenue in 1993 exceeded the 300 million. 560 million adjusted for inflation domestic box box office gross of the film Jurassic Park the same year. NBA Jam was America's highest grossing arcade game of 1993. Individual machines at the time were earning up to $2,400 per week, <laughs> setting the all-time record for the highest per unit arcade earnings in the United States. In Japan, Game Machine listed NBA Jam on their August 15th, 1993 issue as the fourth most successful upright arcade unit of the month. The game grossed over 
one billion, uh, equivalent to one trillion eight hundred and seventy-six million uh, in twenty twenty-one worldwide in its first twelve months. As of 2012, the arcade game has sold more than 20,000 arcade units and generated a lifetime revenue of $2 billion. That's crazy. NBA Jam was an absolute juggernaut. That's a lot of money. (laughs) So also what I was watching was they were saying that like buying an NBA Jam cabinet for your arcade or your business or your whatever, Mm -hmm. you'd pay it off in like two months because... Or it, even a couple of weeks, I think they said. Like well, a few weeks. It, it cost you four thousand dollars to buy a cabinet, yeah. and at twenty four hundred dollars a week, yeah, I guess I guess you'd be paying it off in two weeks. Um, you know, as long as you had a high volume of people on your machine, like I wonder how many, I wonder how many people just were always in the habit of like plopping down a buck every single time so that you can get all four quarters. I mean, I'm, I don't remember doing that as much because I had a very finite amount of money to play with in the arcade. Yeah. But if ever, like I was, you know, going to play with a friend and we wanted to make sure that we got through the entire game, then sure. Plop down that full dollar pay, pay all ahead of time. But holy crap, dude, a, a billion dollars in its first year of existence. And like they said, a little over 300 million for uh, Jurassic Park. My God. Four billion quarters, NBA Jam. Four billion quarters were spent. It's amazing. Um, let's see. On consoles in the United States, it was a top selling Sega Genesis, Super NES, and Game Gear game in February of 1994. Top Genesis and Game Gear game in March, and then top Game Gear game in April of 94. It was the second be- sorry, it was the second best-selling home video game of 1994 in the United States below Donkey Kong Country with the Genesis version outselling the Super NES version. Genesis version all the way, at least out of those two, I prefer Genesis. There's no music in the SNES version when you're playing the game. Oh, oh no. It's, it's just <laughs> it's just ball bouncing sounds and like periodic <laughs> crowd noise. Um, no good. So yeah, automatically bottom of my list for that. No music? Come on. Um, Let's see. The console port sold 2 million copies in 1994, more than 3 million cartridges worldwide by February 1995, and over 4 million within a year. As of 2019, the Genesis and Super NES versions sold a combined 6 million copies worldwide. This is not a rare game at all. No. (laughs) Yeah. Though I, I can see it's one of the few... Probably Genesis games that I can identify in my head by the you know the cover like that's just burned into because I've seen it so so often. So. Yeah, that was that was one of the first games that I bought on my Sega Genesis when I got my Genesis. Yeah. As for the critical response, for the four reviewers of Electronic Gaming Monthly gave the Super NES version a unanimous score of nine out of ten in their Game of the Month award. They praised its graphics, sounds, and four-player mode and. Remarks: the gameplay is as easy to pick up and incredibly fun even for people who don't like sports games. Can, can you play four players on the Super NES? You know, yeah, multi-tap. Oh, I didn't know there was a multi-tap oh, yeah. for this. Oh, yeah, I've got a multi-tap. Okay, yeah, got it. Cool. Uh, reviewing the Genesis version, Mike Wigand uh, commented that the 
voices are fuzzy and the colors are a bit bland, but the game is still very fun. EGM rated the Game Gear version. It it does. (laughs) EGM rated the Game Gear version as weaker than either of the SNES or Genesis version, chiefly due to the removal of most of the jams, but said it is still worthwhile for Game Gear owners. I mean, it's true that the the Game Gear version NBA Jam is very lackluster. But if it's yeah, literally I, I, the only way you can play it, then all right. Yeah, hey, the only way you can play it on the go, right? So <laughs> it uh, it was out it was out on the Game Boy. I have it for the Game Boy. Also, oh, not okay. not the best way to play it. <laughs> not at all. I did see, but it's a it brief is, screenshot. It is a is... way to play it. <laughs> I mean, it looks like the animation is there, but the characters look kind of like made out of Play-Doh. Very simple. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, you know, that's all you got. And it's it's a really weird scale as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. GamePro praised the Sega CD's version, sorry, the Sega CD version's updated roster, more intuitive controls, and improved audio with more voice samples, more music, and more sound effects than any other home version. However, they criticized the graphics as much worse than the Super NES and arcade versions, complaining of long load times, and concluded the improvements were not enough to make the game worthwhile for those who already had a home version of NBA Jam. Game Pro commented on the Game Boy version. Obviously, the Game Boy is far too limited a system to capture more than a fraction of what made NBA Jam an arcade smash. Uh, but at least it has that fraction. Yeah, I'm wondering how the Game Boy version... I mean, you need three buttons, right? So Yeah, so you need turbo? to use, I think, Start as your turbo, if I remember oh, correctly. Wow. Interesting. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Not not doesn't sound good. Uh, Next Generation reviewed the Sega CD version of the game and stated it's good, but it could have been so much more. In 1996, Next Generation listed NBA Jam at number 99 in their top 100 games of all time. That is way too high up the list. Yeah, it's too far. (laughs) I was going to say too low, but you know. Well, yeah, uh, I guess, yeah, too high as far as it being a big number. Unless number 100 is actually number one. So, <laughs> uh, commenting that uh, despite it having been flogged to death by acclaim at home and now in the arcades, NBA Jam is still a terrific game, especially in the arcade with four players. Retro Sanctuary placed NBA Jam 92nd in their top 100 best SNES games. In 2017, Games Radar ranked NBA Jam 23rd on the best Sega, Genesis, and Mega Drive games of all if time. If that doesn't tell you the Genesis version is better than the Super Nintendo version, then <laughs> I don't know what does. I mean, there are a lot of really great games on the SNES, but uh, it's this game's just better on the Genesis. Which, I mean, arcade is the best no matter what. But anyway... Um, And then as far as the overview, in case there are people listening that you've lived under a rock and you have no idea what the heck NBA Jam is um, or what the NBA is. (laughs) (laughs) What's a basketball? (laughs) What a basketball is. Um, So the original arcade version of NBA Jam features team rosters from the 92-93 NBA season and the console versions used rosters from the 93-94 NBA season. More up-to-date rosters were available in subsequent ports released for the Sega CD, Game Boy, and Game Gear in 1994. Midway did not secure the license to use Michael Jordan's name or likeness, as Jordan himself owns the rights to his name and likeness and not the NBA. And as such, he was not available as a player for the Chicago Bulls or any other team. 
Another notable absence from the home versions was Shaquille O'Neal, who was in the arcade version as a member of the Orlando Magic, who later followed in Jordan's footsteps by buying his name and likeness from the NBA. New Jersey Nets guard Drazen Petrovic and Boston Celtics forward Reggie Lewis, both whom died after the release of the arcade version, were also removed from the home versions. Oh, that sucks. A limited edition version of the game with an additional team composed of Gary Payton and Michael Jordan was developed primarily for Jordan and Payton's personal use. I, I wonder if that ROM's floating. Yeah, around so somewhere. I heard about that, and um, I think it's I think it's Mark Turmel, the you know uh, brain child or master creator of NBA Jam. Yeah, he said that he still has that arcade board, but he doesn't know if it works. So in in this documentary, I saw him at GDC in 2018 said that it's it's somewhere on his list to try to see if he can get that connected and then get that ROM dumped. Um, yeah. So that for video game preservation, we have the ver- the the real version with <laughs> Michael Jordan um, that was created, you know, for their own personal use. Which that's insane to be that famous that like we're gonna create. Uh, a custom version of our arcade game for you since this is based on the thing that you do best. Yeah. Well, there, there could have been some money involved too. Like, so well, <laughs> like they, they probably just wanted to give it to them and I don't know, like it'd be amazing the publicity to see like Gary Payton and Michael Jordan playing NBA jam together. Yeah. True. Um, so, uh, let's see, should I, I'll just continue here. Some home consoles of versions of NBA jam were coded later than others. And as a result, real life roster changes, or in the cases of Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal legal reasons, some rosters differ from version to version. I was going to say Shaquille O'Neal is in my Sega Genesis version of the game on the Orlando magic. Yeah. Makes sense. I think, uh, it's just, it, as we kind of saw in the documentary, it's like, you know, they would handle one port and then they would switch to the next. So it's like there were things were happening in the world, you know, as these things were getting rolled out. Yeah. So, uh, during development, Godzilla and Bart Simpson were planned to be secret characters, but were ultimately scrapped. Yeah. Um, you see some stuff about that in the documentary as well. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. So that'd be, uh, uh, interesting to check out there, but uh, as far as my sort of take on the game, um, so this is pretty much my first time playing. We played the Genesis version once when we were playing Streets of Rage uh, over at your place. We actually fired, whipped out a NBA Jam and we played some of that, and that was fun. And I had a good experience, but I still like couldn't figure out really how to play. And I think it was only until like you know, a fair, but you know, after probably an hour of playing this, the last cycle that before I could really like grasp the controls, it, it took a little bit for me to figure out, like I couldn't dunk, for example, the first time I tried. Oh, okay. To, okay. So, and, and the version I played is, um, I, my, uh, my partner's brother actually has an arcade one up, um, which we both played on a hedge over. It's beautiful. Yeah, it, so we got to uh, play on the arcade cabinet, have a somewhat authentic experience. Although it's sort of a mini cabinet, but yeah, it's uh, three quarter size, but it's still, it's still awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's still really good. It was nice to play in the comfort of the backyard and uh, and hang out. Um, 
I've I've only ever really played games that are similar, right? Like NBA Live, NBA uh, Street is probably the closest. That's sort of three on three with sort of dunk and passing mechanics. I don't know if you've played NBA Street, but I think you would get some of the same feelings if you were playing that game. I don't think I have played NBA Street yet. Okay. You will. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, I, I for sure will. Yeah. So we'll have to check that out. Um, but I think NBA Jam is very unique. You know, like NBA 2K and NBA Jam probably only have a couple of things in common is that they both take place in NBA stadiums and they're both basketball games, but <laughs> everything else is, you know, this is a very arcade focused experience and probably and arguably one of like the peak of arcades, like, you know, like, yes, this was like Michael Jordan in the NBA. But I mean, really, arcades, you this, know? Is, <laughs> like, this is the Michael Jordan of, arcade games being awesome at being arcade games. Yes, correct. Like NBA jam. I honestly think is one of the just flat out most fun games to possibly ever exist. Like it's, it's so easy to like latch onto the concept of playing the game. It's like, okay, if you, even if you've never seen basketball before, it's easy enough to figure out how to play the game and it's fast paced. It's exaggerated and silly. There's no real rules other, other than the shot clock and goaltending. <laughs> like that's yeah. it. Those are, those are the rules. Yeah. And it, it seems like the game is fast paced and competitive by design. Um, like the clock is actually faster than like real life. So like, yeah. you know, two minutes it's, it's, you know, three, you know, three quarter speed, like sped up. In a way, I guess like maybe yeah. 25% faster or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean you're like it's a two-minute clock, but you're it's probably really a minute and a half. Yeah, exactly. So the game um sped up a little bit. There's a little bit of the rubber banding with the stats. So it's made to be fast, fun, and competitive. I mean, I think you know, probably a testament of the rubber banding is that I, you know, I've already I've hardly played this game and you've played this for years, but we had Pretty much all our games are close. Oh my Somewhere gosh, so close. close. <laughs> yeah. Like, there, so, I, I don't think we ever had a blowout. No, no. I think there might have been one where you got like maybe six points on me, but most of them were by three and we, a couple of them were by one. Yeah, so. yeah. We're within one point. And like, yeah, I've been playing this game since 1993. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it really, it really keeps stuff balanced. Um, as best it can, because you know it's it's no fun to to be the person being blown out against, or to even be the person blowing somebody else out. Like, yeah, it's not a fun experience. Like, sure, it might be fun up to a certain point, but then it's like, okay, this this isn't enjoyable for either one of us. So the fact that the game does what it does to keep the game's so close. I actually really like that. I used to get frustrated at like, no matter how good I do, I'll get up by 15 points and the stupid computer will come back and beat me by one. I I now actually really appreciate that that's coded that way because it means that I'll just be able to play this forever with any unsuspecting person <laughs> that I can yep. make play <laughs> NBA Jam with me. And like... You know, it's not a guarantee that I'm going to win, and that that's that's very Mario Kart like as well, and I appreciate yeah. that. 
Yeah, and in some ways, I kind of wish that more games sort of had some of the rubber banding, and I'll talk about that later on what I've been playing. But yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I think that's interesting, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's funny. I think I like flat out blanket rule used to hate like the concept of like rubber banding in games, and I think depending on the game, it's crucial that it exists. Because if it doesn't, yeah. then you're just going to lose a big percentage of your player base. Like if yeah. Mario Kart was skill-based only, it would not be the franchise that it is. <laughs> I, I was watching a streamer playing... Um, oh, God. I think it, it's um, it's like a, a scooter Tony Hawk game. It was I think it was called uh, Whiplash or... Whir- not Whiplash. Um, I'll look this up. But basically, I've seen bad rubber banding like where razor, you actually... Like a Razor scooter game? Yes, exactly. Yeah, or I think it was more like mo- moped sort of scooter game. But anyway, um, total Tony Hawk Three clone. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, so, but when there are racing sections, and you would pass the AI by grinding, and then that would cause the AI to slingshot past you like an improbable speeds, just like <laughs> like okay, that that's bad rubber banding. So it's like the best way to win was like literally to hang back behind the AI and at the last second make your move at the finish line. Cause <laughs> so anyway, it can be done well is the point um, of this tangent. So yeah, it definitely can. Yeah. Um so let's see. Uh, anything else you have on your own personal history? I've got a few more things to say if if you're all good. No, yeah, go go ahead. To, to let's hear your story. All right. Gather around, children. <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I have to, I have to uh, correct myself. The game was World Tour for the game, GameCube. World Excuse Tour? Me. So, World, World Tour, W-H-R-L. World. Oh, World Tour. Like, yeah. Okay. Like a poly world. Tony Hawk on a, <laughs> this is YouTube videos. It's Tony Hawk on a scooter. Um, but I'm going to add it, but it's bad. That's, that's my <laughs> annotation there. But it's bad. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, so go ahead. Let's hear about NBA Jam. All right. So yeah, when I was growing up, the, so there was a like place that had a bunch of softball diamonds and like a place for beer and food and they had a little arcade. So my stepdad, every Friday night for a lot of years, he was on a softball team. And we would go, my mom would watch the games and I would be there with sometimes with my stepsister and always with the other kids that were there because their dads were playing softball. So this like this place ended up getting NBA Jam and holy crap, they had NBA Jam, they had Mortal Kombat, they had... Um, I think they had Daytona USA. They had a Neo Geo cabinet. Actually, this softball diamond place, even though I went to so many other like other arcades periodically, this place I think shaped who I am as a gamer. <laughs> um yeah, totally. Cause really, like that's where I was all the time. And they also man, they, I think they also had a Street Fighter 2. Not I think, I know they had a Street Fighter 2. It's it's also when I got really good at the claw game at like getting stuffed animals was at this place. Like I was, <laughs> those games are rigged, but dude, yes, <laughs> I was the kid that was like, like, Hey, uh, go, go give mash your 50 cents and let him know which thing you want. And he'll get it for you. And like, <laughs> I had, I had damn near hundred percent accuracy on like getting whatever stuffed animal 
or a thing it was that somebody wanted, I couldn't always do it with that first 50 cents, but it never took like more than maybe two bucks for me to get whatever it is that you're looking for. But it's because Uh also that place, it actually had like decent strength on the claw. So sorry, I've like digressed completely away from NBA Jam. Um, well, in, in a way, I mean, they could have, the game can be tuned to give you more wins also yeah. based on the strength of the claw. So maybe it's, it was a poorly tuned machine on the house. So anyway, yeah, <laughs> I think, I think I was the only, like one of the only people that was like wildly successful at it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I ended up having so many stuffed animals on my bed. <laughs> at one point I'm like this is ridiculous I don't need all these um, so yeah so I, I would dude I played NBA Jam like every Friday night um, for years <laughs> and would do that also like if I if I had my cousin come and stay the night or had other friends come with me because like I had a lot of fun going when my stepdad had uh, when he had a softball game to go play like even if it wasn't playing in the arcade, like I'd bring a football and there was like an other like grass area between the fields that we could go and like throw the football. Be cool because it was still under all the lights. So we still had like the lights for the baseball diamonds and it was totally lit up for us to play around. Um, so anyway, great, great memories from from that place um, and so much NBA Jam. And like I said before, ended up buying this on the Genesis Um Pretty much, I think as soon as soon as I got my Genesis, which was I think February or March of 1994, I got Sonic Three with it, and then I think the next game that I bought was NBA Jam. And I've just I've been playing this game since 1993. I've never stopped playing NBA Jam. Like I can't yeah, find right. a good reason to not play this game. It's just so much fun. For, for a long time, I kept going back to the Sega Genesis version of the game. But as of late, I've been playing it a lot more on my Sega Saturn and playing the Tournament Edition. And I really, really love that version of the game. If I had an arcade one-up cabinet, I'm sure that that would be the only version I would end up playing. But yeah, I love, love this thing. Uh, this game, this arcade game, that is. And so one last little... I guess, story from my life where NBA Jam was significant was I got to, or I I got promoted or I got a a different job at one of the last companies I was working for years ago now. And getting this new job for this company required that I go to three weeks worth of training. And the three weeks worth of training isn't in the city that I lived in. So I got to stay in a hotel Mm-hmm. And at the at the training site in this like common space from like all of the different training rooms that existed in the common space was a four player NBA jam cabinet. And <laughs> I was there like so I guess I didn't do this before training on the first day, but starting day two all the way for the, the next three weeks. I would show up an hour early so I could play NBA Jam. I was playing NBA Jam on my lunch break 
Cause you know, we'd walk over, <laughs> we'd walk over to like whatever cafe, get our food. And then I'd come back and play NBA jam. And then I would stay late <laughs> before going back to the hotel and getting dinner to play some more NBA jam. And people like, you know, some people were excited that it was there, but I don't think anyone was as excited as I was. <laughs> um, but yep. after the first few days of people showing up to training, like five or 10 minutes early and them seeing me part way through a game on NBA jam, like, and then trying to see if they could come in and play, like they jump in, you know, with like one quarter left or something or two quarters left. Well, they realized, cause they're like, dude, when are you getting here? I'm like, I'm getting here like an hour early and I'm playing like three or four, three or four full games <laughs> before, uh, before we actually get started. So then I started having people join me early, people also playing with me on lunch and then people playing <laughs> with me after hours on this thing too. And man, it was so much fun. <laughs> You're going to be remembered as the NBA Jam guy. <laughs> Seriously, like, I wonder if they even remember my name. If they just think about their training and are like, man, I wonder how that NBA Jam guy is doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I, I know that I said it before, but it, this this really, to me, is one of the most fun arcade games to ever exist. And like, I might even say one of the most fun video games, like, full stop to ever exist. It's just... It's just so good. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's definitely held up. I can at least say that after all these years. Yeah. So. I mean, it's still it's still super fun to play. It's still super approachable. Yeah. Um, oh, one thing that I learned also during during the documentary that I watched this morning. So NBA Jam, the uh, the arcade board, the CPU on that is a Texas Instruments CPU that was designed for washing machines. <laughs> Great. Um, okay, where's the washer machine that plays NBA Jam? Yeah, That's, exactly. That would get me washing my clothes. I'll, NBA I'll Jam that. helps you get out tough stains. <laughs> 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 yes, yeah. But yeah, so the so that that the CPU that's used there doesn't work in bytes, it works in bits. Oh. So there was like a, a times 8 modifier or something that they were saying that they needed to end up using that that was one of the like that was one of the problems among many other problems that existed in the PlayStation port um that caused uh, now I can't remember the guy's name, the guy who worked on the Saturn port by himself, by the way, Steven snake. So snake came in snake. He came in, yeah. um, <laughs> to help fix the problems with the guy who did the Saturn port, whose name is escaping okay. me right now. Um, but yeah, the, the guy Kirby, the guy's last name that did the first, like the first pass through of it. Um, he had already gotten a job somewhere else and he said that he would stick around with Iguana to finish his PlayStation port of NBA jam before jumping ship and going uh, to the new company he was supposed to be working for. So that was, that was what they thought was like part of it. That's what Steve, uh, Steve snake said in like via email to the person who did this documentary it was like, well, you know, you can't fault Kirby too much. He was trying to get, on to his next job. He was trying to get this done as quick as possible. It, looking at the wall of code, like it looks right, but when you're not properly converting 
what the source code was doing from the <laughs> the washing machine CPU, <laughs> yeah. then that's why you know you get some of the weird bugs that existed in the PlayStation port, like the incredibly aggressive AI. Like holy crap! That like now I really want to play uh, the Japanese version of it just to see how close it is to the Saturn version. Yeah. Yep. That 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 would be definitely interesting. You wouldn't need to know Japanese. I, I don't no, think, you know, one hundred percent of NBA Jam released in Japan was in English, and that was actually um, also that I learned in the video. One of one of the Japanese reviewers um, was very irritated at the fact that none of the menus were localized, and it was all in nice. English. So they gave it a five out of ten. <laughs> It's still a pretty good score for being irritated. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So not bad. Not bad. Yeah. You know, so just remember to use NBA Jam uh, when you need to get those those tough stains. Yeah. I, I'm <laughs> so, so funny. Like, <laughs> I mean, those back in the early days of computing. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everything was a console. <laughs> So I guess what uh, if you can remember it? What do you think of the music in NBA Jam? Yeah, this is a this is a good. Um, this is the thing. I I don't remember a lot of music. I remember you know it being decent, but it, it doesn't pass the like I would listen to this at work test. You yeah, know, I, I it doesn't no. pass that test for me either. Yeah, I, I wouldn't seek it out. Um, but I think it, it definitely matches the game, I guess. And it just blends that it doesn't get in the way. We'll just say yeah. that. <laughs> so, and so I guess what, what about the general sound design of the game? How do you think that holds yeah. up? Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's, that's really good. Um, oh, I forgot the announcer's name. I just, you know, sort of heard, um, him on the documentary. I think he does an amazing job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the announcer in the game is incredible. Um, yeah, it was, it was funny when he was being interviewed by, I think some NBA commentators they're like, yes, did you come up with boom shakalaka? And he was like, no, I wish that I could have claimed that. I think, was it Sly and the family stone with boom shakalaka, laka, boom shakalaka, laka, like from the song. <laughs> yes. So anyway, um, but yeah, uh, yeah. Mo- most of the stuff Tim Kitzrow. Tim Kitzrow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Most of the stuff that he, uh, most of the stuff that he said, like he ad libbed a lot of things. There were some specific things that they wanted him to say, um, which he recorded all that. But I think you know a lot of the stuff that exists is just from him, like just giving it his all. <laughs> get that out of here <laughs> oh yeah and it's uh, funny they they actually also in the documentary had a part where it was cut out the they had found the sound file of him saying shit yeah yeah get exactly. that shit out of here <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's kind of kind of amazing um you know but obvious why it was cut <laughs> yeah so I did also hear from the documentary that at certain arcades, there would occasionally be NBA players that were lining up to play the game, like in their local arcade, so that they could play as themselves. 
Yeah. Like that's, that's I mean, pretty amazing. I mean, I think I would be pretty excited about that. Oh, too. heck yeah. You know, if I were featured in a video Dude, game, if I was in, yeah. if I was in a copy of NBA jam, like I'm owning that cabinet full stop. Like <laughs> yeah. there's no way yes. you're going to prevent me from buying an NBA, uh, NBA jam cabinet that has me as a playable character. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think also like a lot of the sounds of the squeaking shoes on the court. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all the really dribbling. good. Yeah. Yes. Like just, just generally, I feel like the, the sound design of the game, like they knock it out of the park. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the crowd, I mean, it, it seems genuinely, you know, exciting. You kind of feel like, you know, you're at a, a fully packed game. Oh, jams it in. <laughs> <laughs> like that's it yeah. just it feels so good and you and you dunk it and you break the backboard and glass shatters everywhere oh yes those those always felt so good those dunks were always the best dunking on your friends and breaking the backboard you're like that's right <laughs> yeah and, and you know talking about kim tim kitzrow he doesn't sound like any kind of announcer but he's some sort of like cartoon of an announcer but that has its just sort of its own character to you know to the to the game that's you know kind of amazing like yeah (laughs) for some some reason magic happened when you put all these pieces together yeah and i think he was he recently was at uh, the the midwest gaming classic and I think a few other gaming conventions. He might have been at the one in Dallas um, in the past couple months as well. I think there was one in Dallas, or maybe it was Austin. I don't know. I've been seeing there have been some cons. I'd really like to to go to some of these. Um, yeah, maybe maybe starting next year. Yeah, and I, I wanted to bring this up, and before I forget, um, so I realized, you know, watching the documentary and seeing that this was done by Midway. Yeah, that I couldn't help but see the comparisons to, to NFL blitz. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, yeah. NBA the, jam you know, led, led them to do NFL blitz. Yeah. Just the, the idea of, you know, being sort of super unrealistic passes and the fact that you can just sort of, you know, tackle at any sort of time, even after the play is finished, um, with no penalty, it just, yeah. And, uh, the whole on fire mechanic, very similar to yeah. uh, NFL blitz. So I thought that was, you know, it, it was interesting. It was kind of like, aha, yes, <laughs> that's where Midway got the idea. <laughs> yeah. And so. have you ever played Arch Rivals? Um, I have not. No. Yeah. So I remember playing Arch Rivals way back in the day on, on the NES and it was in the arcades, but I don't think I had played it until like after NBA jam already existed. I it's, see. you definitely see, uh, you definitely see NBA jam somewhere in there. It's not as good, yeah. but you know, no. you, you see, you see the framework of NBA jam. Cause I remember the thing that I loved about arch rivals is it was a basketball game that you could punch people. <laughs> and that's basically yes, you can do that in NBA Jam if you're holding turbo and you press the steal button you just shove somebody to the ground yeah sometimes they go flying oh my god too. yeah especially especially yeah. if uh, if it's Patrick Ewing that is doing that to you you really go <laughs> flying that dude is a monster yes yeah absolutely <laughs> but yeah it's uh, 
Yeah, it's so simple. I mean, it's it's three buttons. You got your turbo, your shoot, or you know, just general jump in the air to try to block a shot, and then pass and steal, and that's it. That's all you got. Mm-hmm. You can beat the crap out of people. <laughs> there's yeah. there's no there's no fouls. It's uh, it's pretty incredible. And yeah, I mean, even mid dunk, you know, like they're going up the dunk, you just push them over, yeah. you know, if you time it right. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of cheap, but at the same time, like if you start doing that a lot, then the AI starts doing that a lot back to you. And also <laughs> yeah. the difference, um, like one of the differences that I don't think was mentioned between NBA Jam and NBA Jam Tournament Edition is the injury stat. So the more injured your player is, so the more times that they've been like shoved to the ground, they're slower, they don't, they're not as good at their shots. So you do actually need to be mindful about subbing, uh, you know, your, your third player in, in NBA Jam Tournament Edition so that uh, you, have, you have at least one fresh player every quarter. Because uh, yeah. otherwise... Like I learned, I learned the hard way, and I forgot because this isn't the case in the original NBA Jam. I just left my players in, and then by the fourth quarter, I'm like, "Why? Why are they moving like snails?" Yeah, it's like, oh, because you've had like 21 injuries. <laughs> yeah, and that's it's kind of realistic to how NBA works too. Like even you know, the best players, you know, there are some rare instances where players will play 46 out of 48 minutes, but. Um, or even sometimes the entire game, but most of the time you, you play, you know, your starters the first quarter and then you rest for half the second quarter and then your starters go back in the second half, you know, to close out the half and rinse and repeat for the second half. So, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very, very simple game to get into, but man, is it fun to keep playing. Yeah. I mean, I was amazed. We, I think we played for probably t- two and a half hours when you were over here. Probably. <laughs> I could have kept going. It was, a, <laughs> it was a good amount of time. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, it, I it, 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 it blew by quickly. Like, it didn't feel like that much time yeah. had passed. Right. Um, so, let's see. As far as game mechanic stuff, we already talked about the buttons. And the on-fire mechanic, I think, is really awesome. And you can you can obtain it by making three consecutive shots with the same player without the enemy team scoring. The caveat is the enemy team can score if you goaltend. If you goaltend their shots, that will not affect your on-fire status. So you can stay on fire if you goaltend or prevent them from scoring. Okay. And when you're on fire, it just increases the likelihood. Like basically, it's a stat multiplier um, for your shots. So that, like, if you're behind and you're on fire, you are 100% gonna make that three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're ahead and you're on fire, well, you still have the the rubber banding stuff working against you and driving your stats down. But this does bring them back up a bit. Um, but I did, I did like miss a number of shots um, when I was playing earlier today while I was on fire because I was already like 10 points ahead or something. So, yeah, it, it's a boost. It's not, 
you know, a, a, a static boost, you know? Yeah. So it's not, it's not a guarantee that you're going to make the basket, but if you're really close or you're behind, well, it's basically a guarantee. But really cool when you shoot the ball, when you're on fire, the net sort of like burns up, yeah. you know? So the, the hoop is like a character in itself, yeah. you know, just breaking the backboard, you know, burning of the net, that sort of stuff. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, and there's there's so much there's so much anticipation with some of those shots where like <laughs> toilet bowl swirls around for a little bit and sometimes it goes in but sometimes it just flies out. And yeah. I don't know, the way that the way that the ball bounces sometimes after some of the crazy shots, you're like you never know if it's going to go in or not. <laughs> it's like pinball kind yeah, of. Yeah, uh, yeah, it feels like it. It's it's uh, it's so random sometimes. I think that's, uh, I guess there's not really many other mechanics to speak about. Um, so teams and players, do do you have favorite teams or players from NBA Jam or NBA Jam Tournament Edition? I really liked having Patrick Ewing on my team. So playing as the New York Knicks uh, against you and... and Dude, he, was, just, um, he just, I, I couldn't shoot the ball. All, all, I, yeah. all I got was assists. <laughs> I just had to keep giving yeah, the ball was, to my AI teammate. Otherwise, Patrick Ewing was going to murder me. <laughs> Take the ball from you and dunk it like immediately. Dude, he was so aggressive. Yeah, it was like um, it was like a teenager and a baby just like push <laughs> yeah, you out of seriously. the way. Like, give me the ball and I'm going to score. So that was that was fun. So I wouldn't. I would deliberately not play as Patrick Ewing so that I have the computer. Heck to, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So that was, that was kind of the one Achilles heel I found for you, but I, <laughs> I still, I still only won one game when we played. So they were all so close though. They were all so yeah, close. Yeah. They were all, you know, that's kind of the thing. You can't be mad when it's a close game, right? Yeah. Cause and that's, see, it was that's fun. when you put in more quarters. Cause you're like, <laughs> like, dang, that was close. I can get the next one. Let's both pop in four quarters of pop. We'll get through this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, th- that's really the only that, you know, like sort of stood out to me having Patrick Ewan on my yeah. team. But what what about you? So I don't really have any one particular team that I always like to pick, but I do always, if possible, like to play primarily as a player on a team that has a high three-point stat. Yeah, right. Like that's that's my bread and butter. That's my go-to. I like I like sinking threes if I can, because it's just I so think I nice. I saw you playing uh, John Stockton. Yeah. a lot. I think that's one that yep. you, you really John like. Stockton I, and Carl Malone on the Utah Jazz. Yes, John the Utah Jazz. That's right. Um, yeah. So anyone anyone that's good at threes, I like to try to to stick with. I like to try to stick with like. My AI teammate, I like to have them be really tall and good at blocking and good at dunking and like have as much power as they can. And then usually I'm a little shrimpy guy who's really good at threes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that's generally the way my matchups go. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's fun looking at the old rosters and picking, you know, some of the some of the big names from the 90s. But then, like, you know, as I played through NBA Jam on Fire Edition, playing as some of the newer players, so, you know, play as Steph Curry, play as LeBron James, um, played as Kobe Bryant, as, you know, rest in peace there, Kobe. 
Yeah, but I also as I guess a little little tangent here on NBA Jam on Fire Edition. So this this game is on the 360 and PS3, but it also it's a backwards compatibility game, so it's on the Xbox One, it's on the Xbox Series console. It's beautiful. Mm. Um, yeah. And as you go through the game and you try to play through all of the teams, you get your own in-game NBA Jam currency that is used for an in-game store only. And the in-game store with your in-game currency buys you legacy players. So, like, I was able to unlock Shaquille O'Neal and Magic Johnson and Scottie Pippen and, like, all all of the people whose names I know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Oh, who was it? David Robinson from the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so yeah, that that's one of the cool things about the newest NBA Jam game, which is still really fun. It's uh, like I already said it, but it's beautiful. Um, the graphics in it are amazing, and it's got newer rosters. So to me, it feels it feels like it's from the future. It's so brand new. But there, there are so many players that probably either aren't playing in the NBA anymore, or teams that don't exist the same way. Like, what team is the what the Memphis who? Grizzlies. The Memphis Grizzlies. I don't even know how long they've existed, but because they're not an NBA Jam or NBA Jam Tournament Edition, I didn't even know they were a team. Yeah, I th- I think it was a while ago, but I think they were the uh, Vancouver Grizzlies. I think it is. Oh, but I think that was like you know way before the nineties. Like, <laughs> so man, yeah, Vancouver. What was the? I can't remember. There's like, oh, uh, it used to be the Charlotte Hornets, but now they're like the New Orleans Hornets or something. Yeah, yeah. There was a little switch with um, Charlotte became the Bobcats, but that didn't go over well. So they got rid of the Bobcats and they went back to the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> so, and then the uh, New Orleans uh, switched to the Pelicans. So they kind of switched that around a little bit. Yeah. So anyway, it's I'm I'm like a fish out of water. It's like, (laughs) yeah, I think it's very funny that you're knowledgeable about like the nineties teams. Like, like, yeah, early to mid nineties. That's it. That's where my basketball knowledge stops. (laughs) Yeah. Whereas like, you know, I'm kind of post like 2007 and onwards, (laughs) like familiar with the roster. So it's like the, the roster is like fully cycled like twice. All right. Well then then you would, I think you would really enjoy NBA jam on fire edition. Oh yeah. It's also on the Nintendo Wii. I forgot about that. Ooh, um, nice. So yeah, it's it's on those platforms. So totally worth checking out if you're a legacy NBA Jam fan like myself. Um, mm-hmm. And it's also kind of it's kind of fun to have a truly 3D NBA Jam. Um, I yeah. still I still you know if I if I had to play this one or the older series of games, I'd always stick with the older series. But it's fun. It's way better than trying to play NBA Playgrounds. I don't know what Playgrounds 2 Mm. is like, but Playgrounds, I was really hoping that when it first released that that was going to be like the modern day NBA Jam. It's not. Not even close. Playgrounds 2 might be. They they potentially improved the game a lot, but like I was very frustrated (laughs) with NBA Playgrounds. (laughs) Um, Anyway. So, secret characters... 
Yeah, there there's a lot of these like almost seem like shrouded in legend, you know, as kind of as we talked about, like some characters were added and then removed. Um, well, and it's also it's also different from the yes. arcade versions and it's different in each home console version. So like mm-hmm. some of the names that are here, like which which one is which game is this? This is theoretically for the Super Nintendo version that I'm seeing here. But there's... So it's funny. It's got Kirby in here, which not not Kirby the little pink guy, but Kirby the developer of the PlayStation Mm -hmm. Tournament Edition game. And also he did that Game Gear port of the uh, original NBA Jam. Um, So you got him. Snake is also that... Steve Snake, the developer that we were talking about. Um, Got Jazzy Jeff. So he didn't even know he was in the game. Like they just they just put people in the game and then like that's how they found out was through other people. Or like, hey man, you're in this game. They're like, what? Yeah, behind codes. Like <laughs> So yeah, so Jazzy Jeff is in here. Um also uh Will Smith is the fresh prince is in here. We got Prince Charles, Frank Thomas, mm-hmm. baseball Frank Thomas is in this. Um let's see, Mark Termel you know, the guy who birthed NBA Jam, essentially. Lots and lots of developer, like people from the development team. There's different mascots. There's Hillary Clinton. There's Bill Clinton. Larry Bird. Um, I remember in the NBA Jam version of the Genesis, there's like George Clinton, like P-Funk. Um, okay. He's in there. Anyway, so the, these are the people that are in the tournament edition version of uh, the Super Nintendo game. Now, actually, I wonder mm-hmm. if I look at the 32X NBA Jam TE. Uh, now I'm not seeing people. I'm just seeing, like, rainbow mode. And <laughs> goaltending will not be called in these different cheats. Wow. Um, let's see. Saturn. Oh, Bill Clinton. It's not a not an exhaustive list here on GameFAQs. <laughs> Sadly. Um, I guess I'll look at one other to see if we get a longer list. Um, okay, Genesis version. It looks the same. Yep. It's the same. So yeah. I don't know. I always thought it was fun, though, that, you know, you could be Bill Clinton. <laughs> or I I more often chose George Clinton, P-Funk. Um, yeah. Because he's awesome. <laughs> That's, I don't know. That's maybe all I got. Yeah. I can keep talking about um, how much I love NBA Jam, but I don't know if that's if that's good content anymore. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, I remember that there was some discussion about the Grim Reaper that was also in the, the unlockable characters in the arcade version. But, but yeah, I think that's that might be all I have as well. But you know, spoiler, we might talk about more NBA Jam stuff or related games True. <laughs> in the near future. True. So, <laughs> all right, well, should we get the heck out of here and go back to the future? Okay, let's All do right, it. let's get in that time machine. 
And we have arrived back to the future. It is June the 1st, 2022, present day, which again, this is the past for you, listener. Uh, And we just came back from April of 1993, that sweet arcade with a brand new, fresh NBA Jam cabinet smell, and uh, had a fantastic time. I don't know about you. Yep, absolutely. Well have quite a different list of what I've been playing this week by comparison to the past couple episodes. Yeah, you got um, a little bit of variety, some things that we haven't seen before, but also, you know, a lot of quantity, I think. At at least it looks like to me. Yes, it is is a long list, but it's a lot of like played some things a little bit. Um, Because a lot of the games (laughs) are very arcade, uh, arcade arcade-like or actually from arcades. Um, but one that is not from an arcade is Overwatch. Still been playing some of that. Uh, played it both on Switch and PC. Played a little bit um, like on my Switch when I was up at my dad's. Um, since he generally works early, even though he was off the entire time I was there, to keep the kind of schedule that he has, he was still going to bed early. So I'd still be up for a little while, killing some time, and uh, playing some Overwatch on the Switch. And realizing that I really, really love playing it on PC now. Um, and really, oh. really miss playing it on PC because <laughs> going from PC to switch, um, it, it felt a little bit hard, but I got used to it. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Cause I, I know you've been kind of popping back and forth for years and I think it's interesting. It I've, yeah, I've just played time. it on, I think I've played it on PC so much and hadn't played it on the switch in a while that I was like, Oh yeah, this feels way different. And like, I am not even half as good. It's kind of why I'm afraid to touch it on console because I've, I've wanted to kick back in my chair and play with a controller, but it's just like misery and pain, (laughs) like playing on a PC with a controller. It's like, you're putting yourself at a huge disadvantage. I'm already a bad player. So it, yeah, it doesn't feel good. (laughs) Yeah. So um, again, if you can only play it on the Switch, it's a fine way to play it, but it, is, it, did, it did feel weird with the amount of Overwatch 2 I had been playing, um, and yeah. then going to play this on the Switch. It was like, uh, yeah, that's right. I think now, especially since it's open queue with other consoles too, um, mm-hmm. it made it that much worse. I got, I got some negative comments from people. <laughs> They're like, this Mercy sucks. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. I'm playing handheld mode on a Switch. <laughs> 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 on wi-fi uh, on a wi-fi <laughs> extender even um oh no <laughs> yeah so less than ideal but been playing back on pc um with some of my mm-hmm. regular overwatch folks um and been having a lot of fun set my own personal record of over twenty-one thousand healing with mercy in one round um which my previous best was like 13,000. So um, set quite a record for myself. Totally. Uh, And then also been playing some Super Mario Brothers 3 on the Switch because I got that amazing quilt from my grandmother and I'm like, I need to play this. While while I have the quilt on me, I'm like playing Super Mario (laughs) Brothers 3 on my Switch. Full immersion. Totally, totally immersed. (laughs) Um, it was great. And also now this is where it starts getting into like, these are very arcade style games. 
Um, so mm-hmm. played some Pocky and Rocky Reshrined for the Nintendo Switch, um, which is kind of like a little like run and gun shooter thing. Um, yeah, I I did watch um, Digital Foundry's video yeah. on this, and this looks really good. And it, I I think it's interesting because they've sort of taken the SNES game and it's almost like a remix, yeah. you know, like it's almost the same game, but they kind of tweaked the gameplay to make it more exciting and made some changes to the bosses and the level design. Um, looks really good. Yeah. I, it's I, been, it, it's I, been a lot of fun. I went from zero to 60 on this game cause I had no idea what this game was, but when I was watching, it, I'm like, this looks like fun. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of difficult, but I, I've really been enjoying it so far. Um, and then also been playing a game called Fire Shark that is also <laughs> a arcade game. It has been remastered, well, maybe not remastered, but ported. Um, it's one of the M2 Shot Triggers ports. So for any, any folks that enjoy shoot 'em up style games, um, M2 does a fantastic job on their ports. I mean, they do a fantastic job on all of their ports for everything. But yeah, this is a new collection of the Fire Shark games. And I think there are three or four games in this collection. Um, I have only been playing the arcade version of Fire Shark, and I was able to one credit clear it on my first try, but it wasn't the full arcade difficulty, it was on super easy. So, um, so I mean, that felt good because most of these games that I'm playing the super easy mode, I am one credit clearing on my first try when I okay. used to not be able to do that. So I'm like, okay, so now, now I can really step up to the, um, standard arcade difficulty and try to go for the one credit clear there, but it's super fun. It's, it's I'm, very much like 1942. Mm-hmm. So if you like the Yes, I was yeah, going to say, if you like the gameplay of 1942, Fire Shark is super fun. It feels like the spiritual successor to the 1942 series. Yeah, and I I'm glad I looked it up because I was thinking of some sort of flying shark that breathes fire. No, it's like a it's, it's a it's yeah, a biplane. it's like a World War One <laughs> biplane. Yeah, um, and then I think the the yeah. actually I'll mention two other things before I stop. The two things are also the same type of game. Um, they're vertical they're vertical shooters. Um, so layer section and galactic attack are technically the same game. And I've talked about playing those before because they were, uh, released on the Sega Saturn like a number of years ago, there is a like collection that was put out on the switch that is layer section and galactic attack, the, both the North American and Japanese versions. And there might even be one other game in this collection. I don't recall, um, but I was playing layer section for a while it's also really fun. Um, mm. I think I might like Fire Shark a bit more if I'm if I'm going to do a direct comparison of the two. Um, yep. But Layer Section and Galactic Attack are super super fun. Um, and then, lastly, also game in the same genre, Mushihime Sama, and that is available on Switch. But I was playing it on the PC because I was actually showing a friend of mine uh, via Discord the game. So. Oh, played the Steam version and shared my screen so that uh, he can check it out. And he's like, "Ah, oh, you're playing a weeb game? And I was like, no, not exactly. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could say that because the art on the side, but like, she's uh, a bug princess and you're fighting and killing these gigantic bugs. 
um, <laughs> while trying to not be super weird. So this one I would classify, I, I don't know if there's a differentiator between these, but, or if they're all considered bullet hell, oh, but no. this one looks like a true this, bullet this hell. This one is a bullet <laughs> hell. The others are, I would just classify, you know, as, as shooters. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Gotcha. Mushihima-sama is a crazy bullet hell game. I cannot, I <laughs> cannot one credit clear this on super easy yet. Yeah. Cause super okay, easy gotcha. in this game is probably harder than the full arcade version of Fire Shark. Wow. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, so uh, something I've been playing, and I was talking a little bit about, um, you know, wanting more rubber banding, is uh, Rocket League. And I've been playing Rocket League uh, because I've been following a, a streamer who who pretty much plays most of the day, um, Paige the Middlehead. And we've been playing, well, we did play once online, but I think I talked about that last yeah. time. But anyway, I've still been playing because I realized that Rocket League is free to play. So I can actually download the PS4 version on my PS5 and they have a 120 hertz patch on oh, nice. it. So you can play at 120 FPS. So that's cool. And I've been enjoying that. Um, I've been also playing PC like on my lunch breaks at work and playing my work computer just because it's just sometimes I just want to like turn my brain off for a little while and I've been playing against the bots in the season mode um, as I'll warm up I'll play a few matches of those then I'll usually go play online for a little bit but and you know I definitely play at a much faster pace but playing yeah. Rocket League against the bots. You know, the bots aren't difficult enough for me to like actually pose a, a true threat. Sometimes, you know, one game did go to overtime today, for, for example, that I was, I was playing. So, um, but the bots really don't really serve a challenge to me anymore. <laughs> so it would be nice a little bit if there was a, a, a bit of rubber banding, cause then I would, could actually further improve, um, from this point, whereas at this point, I'll probably just sort of plateau <laughs> playing against the bots, but I still enjoy it. I still enjoy, you know, like creating my own team and choosing the players and choosing the color scheme. I, I just have, I just have fun with that. And it's been a great, again, turn my brain off. I'm going to talk about one more, which I'm going to skip a little bit further down okay. my list. Uh, this last, <clears throat> sorry, not this last weekend, but the weekend before um, I decided to check out, I'm like, I kind of had a I had Saturday to myself. I didn't have anything really going on. So I decided to just see what's on game pass. And I found a game uh, called trail makers. And I literally just watched the trailer and I'm like, okay, this game looks like what I'm looking for. And basically it's a Lego sort of exploration game where your little character is crash landed on a planet and sort of the object is you have to collect parts, which are basically like building blocks for your vehicles. So you kind of start, they give you a basic vehicle, which is just a cart that's used for pushing things. And you just sort of push a couple blocks in, but then quickly you start getting parts like, um, things that allow you like, like pistons and parts that sort of pivot. So you can create like more complex sort of like Lego cars (laughs) to collect these things. And before you know it, you're collecting things like um, pontoons and uh, water engines so that you can 
traverse the water and, you know, scoop up the parts that are there. And then you're collecting parts like um, propellers for creating like helicopters and flying. And I actually, you know, was having a lot of fun with this game and probably put like four or five hours into it in one day, just like collecting parts. But something happened with the difficulty at some point. Like I was having a nice curve of like slowly collecting things and, you know, some of the more late game parts, they're just like these bigger masses of metal that you have to like push around. And so you need to build, you know, a more advanced, bigger machine. So I found myself kind of like cheesing the game, trying to like move these advanced late, like, like a dung beetle, just like trying to push these things to my little collector spots so that I could, you know, get the, the materials I'm looking for. But after a while, I'm like, okay, I've collected like, 12 different types of wings, but I still don't have a propeller so that I can fly through the air. And there are islands in the sky that have parts that I would love to go collect, but I just can't get there because I can't fly yet. So at some point I felt like the difficulty just, or the, the curve of the game just sort of fell off a cliff and I just don't really know how to proceed. I, I feel like I've Dang. missed something very obvious about the game. Yeah. And you know, there. I guess the game has been out on PC for a while, but it came out. Yeah, on, well, you know, I, I looked. Not too long I just ago. when you mentioned it, I opened my Game Pass app mm-hmm. and then I searched for it, and I'm like, oh yeah, I have seen a trailer for this, and this does look really interesting. Yes. It was, yeah, it was really interesting. You know, I had a submarine and I was collecting parts, and that it's just sometimes it's an occasionally buggy, so I've had to reset my game because of some weird things or. What I really like is that you can, when you build things, you can map them to your D-pad so that you can quickly transform into your different um, creations on nice. the fly. So, you know, just be driving, drive out into the water and then switch to your submarine and then you're away. But I can't really figure out how the sub is supposed to work. I can't really control it. Like I can sort of get it to dive. But then if I want to do the opposite, if I throw it in reverse, I'll just like shoot out of the water and fly through the sky. I'm like, what just okay, these physics are a little broken. I, I, I feel like there's not quite enough instruction. You know, like, I feel like the buoyancy is controlled with the D-pad somehow, but it just doesn't work how I'd expect. So I dropped it. <laughs> I, I just kind of, within the course of a few hours, I was in love with the game. And then by the, you know, towards the end, I'm like, I'm, I'm uh, done. I'm do- Unless I can figure out what I'm missing here, um, I'm not going to continue. So Fair enough. There, there's a whole racing mode, you know, uh, in online as well, but I didn't touch that. So it didn't interest me. <laughs> um, I guess because I expected sort of, you know, a, another thing that was disappointing is I expected the world to be really big. But then as I started going around, I'm like, uh, the world's a lot smaller than I gotcha. thought it was. It's just like a, a group of a handful of islands. And not that I've explored every inch of it, but I'm like, okay, I'm going to this island again to scrounge for parts. So, yeah, interesting. Well, maybe I won't check it out. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's maybe, I don't know. I, I, it's a hard recommendation, but it's definitely interesting. Yeah, it definitely looks interesting. I'll give it that. Mm-hmm. All right, are you putting yourself on pause? I'm putting myself right, on pause. I'll just run through the rest of everything. There it is. It is a meaty list, but like I'll just get it out of the way. Um, so Persona Five is the game that I was saying that I'm now seventy something hours into. 
Um, <laughs> and I feel like I'm like maybe halfway through the game. I'm still really liking it. So, um, so there's that. I'm getting started on my next new dungeon and next person that I think is probably going to wind up uh, as somebody that will be in my party at some point. Um, mm-hmm. But really loving that. It's man, the music is so freaking good and the style is so yeah. amazing. And like, I don't know, I just really like the characters. There's just so much to love about Persona 5. And then one day I'm going to have to play Persona 5 The Royal and that game's even longer. Um, I'll hold out till that comes to the Switch, even though it may never come to the Switch. And then, as I've already mentioned, playing NBA Jam on Fire Edition. Um, I've been playing it on my Xbox One. Super fun. Um, if you have a way to way to play this on the Xbox One, the PS3, the Wii, whatever, it's still totally worth checking it out um, if you're a fan of the NBA Jam. And then you and I also played this. It is technically part of the NBA Jam series, but it doesn't share the name, which is NBA Hangtime. And we played that also on that same arcade one-up cabinet. I kind of feel like NBA Hangtime is like the definitive version of NBA Jam. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I like it better than NBA Jam just because the character models are sort of more detailed. It just feels like a it feels like a next-gen version of NBA it does. Jam. It, it looks really good. Um, yeah. Like maybe it wasn't, you know, running on a washer machine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. possibly. They did not use a washing machine CPU for NBA hang time. At least I would, I would bet. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, that is, I mean, so both NBA Jam on Fire Edition and, and NBA hang time are great ways to play NBA Jam. And also NBA hang time is the last like quote unquote NBA jam game to be made by midway. Um, there is NBA jam extreme that was made, but that's made by like a whole other team of people. It's because, and like acclaim did some shady stuff to, to hold the rights of the NBA jam name. And they took that from midway in their partnership in all of this. I see. So, Acclaim got the NBA Jam name and released other NBA Jam na- NBA Jam games that don't really feel like NBA Jam and in a lot of people's opinions like really tarnished the series. So anyway, NBA Hang Time is the last like real NBA Jam game made by the same team. Mm-hmm. So then um then at the arcade that I got to go to with my dad, Ground Control in downtown Portland. So there I got to play NBA Jam Tournament Edition on a cabinet. I lost by three points, I think. Um, Uh Got to play a little bit of Turtles in Time. Got to play quite a bit of pinball when I was there. Um, We went to go to try to play the original Black Knight pinball table. It was there, but it was out of order. But next to it was Black Knight 2000, which my dad had never played but he loves Black Knight. So he played Black Knight 2000. I played Black Knight Sword of Rage. And those cabinet, like all three of the Black Knight tables are lined up next to each other. And Black Knight Sword of Rage came came out sometime in the last year or two. I really preferred that one. My dad preferred Black Knight 2000. Um, but we had a lot of fun playing pinball. Um, I then got him to play Raiden Fighters Jet 2 with me because my he and I used to play Raiden 2 or Raiden 2, however you want to say it, um, mm-hmm. in the arcades at uh, Arcade that is now a parking lot where I grew up. <laughs> the building is gone. 
It's a parking lot for a Barnes and Noble and a Starbucks. Yeah, it's oh. sad. Um, so yeah, I got to play that with my dad. Um, I also played a little bit of Crazy Taxi because I had to. It was there. It was one of the yeah, sit down, one of the sit down cabinets. Um, so I had a lot of fun doing that, and then got to play some multiplayer pinball with my dad. Uh, Tales of the Arabian Nights. We did that. Is a really really fun pinball game. Um, okay. I don't know if I'd ever played it before, but holy crap, it's a lot of fun. And then same with Doctor Who, the Doctor Who pinball game. And this is like classic Doctor Who. There might be like newer ones, but the ones with like all the old doctors that are on it, great, great pinball game. Um, the Metallica pinball table, I was really bummed. Like oh. the music on it is great. <laughs> okay. Every damn time I would launch the ball, it just right down the middle. Like it's oh, like I no. I went through three balls in maybe a minute, and I was like, "Wow, I'm never playing this ever again." Um, oh no! And then the same type of thing happened to me um, playing Whitewater. It's also an old pinball game. I think it was a Williams game, possibly. Um, and then the very last thing I played is something that I miss from um, an office that I used to work at, <laughs> Tempest 2000. Um, I did not do as well on this machine as I did at the one in the office because I had to put quarters in this one and keep, you know, if I wanted <laughs> to keep playing. Um, whereas normally if I, if I posted up on Tempest 2000 when I just needed to like get away from my desk and take a little break, um, I could, you know, play it on free play and that was a lot of fun, but that's, this is all the stuff I've played in the past two weeks. Yeah. That's a lot of, that's a, a lot of arcade and a lot of pinball. Yeah. Um, there's only one more thing that I've been playing and I've been kind of hitting it hard this week because last weekend I set myself the challenge that I was going to get the Sims two running on, um, on windows 10. <laughs> and it was no easy task. And that's mostly what this, you know, I'm going to actually talk about is how I got it running because I've seen some guides online. Um, you know, pretty much the, you know, the way to get it is I was one of those lucky people that, uh, was, I was signed in or signed up with origin when they were giving the ultimate collection away for free. Uh, but I have, only tried to play it once before where I actually downloaded it and basically it just like crashes immediately. Like it, you're, you can see your monitor like switch resolution to like, you know, 800 by 600 yep. and then like it crashes and then just like, Oh, well that's not happening. So it turns out I actually found a YouTube video of, I think a streamer slash YouTuber who does this and they found a guide that's a Google doc that I started going through. That's no longer being updated as of like 2020. <laughs> so, but it's a pretty definitive list of all the things you have to do, including a like force memory, four gigabyte patch is one of the um, things that you have to install. And basically you just point it at the executable and it makes it slightly better. I'm like, okay, um, now I'm starting to see the intro cutscene. Um, but now when it loads in, it's, it crashes. It crashes when it's trying to load the world. I'm like, okay. Next thing that you, um, is recommended that you do a, it's called a 
Graphics Rule Maker. It's an application that's used for, I guess, a few different apps, including like SimCity 2000 and a few others of these games. Basically, what it does is it adds your graphics cards to the list of compatible GPUs of the game and also sets the appropriate amount of VRAM that is used for it. Uh, that was interesting <laughs> because it's like, okay, well, set the maximum amount of as two gigabytes of VRAM. And then if it doesn't work, just decrease it a little bit every time until it works. <laughs> so I finally found in this guy that it said, okay, if you have more than four gigabytes of VRAM, just set it to 1700 megabytes. And I'm like, okay, cool. So that's what I did. <laughs> now the game launches, I can load into the world, but all the buildings are strobing pink. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, we're getting closer. Um, but it's like, it's not looking good and up oh, it crashed again. Anyway. Wow. <laughs> so the last thing there is a direct, um, there's some sort of direct X nine file that you have to replace with a direct X 10 file. And definitely whatever you do, don't set Sims 2 into compatibility mode if you do this, because then it won't work. But once I did that, and I forced the game to run in windowed mode instead of full screen, then the game worked. So I've been able to play it ever since. I did get one crash once when I like switched floors quickly and I was trying to queue up commands with my Sims. So I've just been saving often. <laughs> when I'm playing. But other than that, like the, the Sims two is so interesting to me because I feel like the Sims two had so many like details and content to it. I feel like Maxis has been trying to replicate the Sims two ever since. So they've released a pretty bare bones base package and they add expansions. And then when you look at those games, like the Sims three and the Sims four with all the expansions, they still don't have features that the Sims 2 had. <laughs> and even though this is running on basically toaster hardware, less than washer machine <laughs> hardware, you know, can today, like, you know, not even a gigabyte of RAM in your, your graphics card sort of thing, like measured in megabytes. <laughs> so crazy to me that, you know, how good this game actually looks and how I was able to force a resolution that's sort of native to my monitor. Um, looks pretty good. And, and this game is interesting because there are actually scenarios that are playing out in the world. Like there are like families and sort of drama that's already set up in between, you know, like this Sims engaged to this Sim. Um, but that Sim is, um, you know, cheating on that sim or all these things that you can sort of play through and just sort of like unwrap as you play or totally ignore that and just play however you want. <laughs> so there's a lot. I'm still learning how to play the game, but I'm, you know, even coming from the Sims 4, I'm still enjoying playing the Sims nice. 2. So yeah. Although it's a whole lot less stable huh. than the Sims 4. <laughs> we'll yeah. just say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's that's pretty much all I've been playing. Right on. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? No. For a reveal next? No, episode? tell the folks at home. 
So there's one other thing I've been playing that I did keep a little secret. And the week before last, I did get the original. Yes, and you. The original Sims running on Windows 10. So the next episode is going to be covering the, the uh, original Sims. I got We got it running on your PC yep. too. So you can also do this. Um, I actually, I still have my discs. Nice. Right here. Um, so, uh, and I didn't actually end up installing off of the discs, uh, but it turns out I could have, I could have, if I had just clicked the right thing, if I, if I clicked setup.exe instead of start.exe, it's really frustrating because solved, one but... of the guides that I was looking at says, okay, run the program start.exe and you do it yeah. and nothing happens. <laughs> and I yes. like troubleshot it, it, that it, for a while. And then you reminded me via text, like, don't go to start, go to setup. I'm like, oh yes. yeah, that's right. Yep. And it was, and I found those same instructions. I just went to another message board where someone said, Hey, just use setup.exe. And they would say, Oh, it works perfectly. And I'm like, Oh my God, yeah. that was it. <laughs> so, so that, and then there's a, commu- a community executable. I'm just saying this in case anyone wants to play. There's a, like basically a, um, they call it a community patch that's out there that you just sort of replace your, your uh, Sims game with, and it allows you to, to play the game. Yeah, flawlessly. It actually, it's actually, really it actually sounds easier than what you were describing that you did. You've did for the, uh, the Sims two. This seems way easier okay, so than what you described. Yeah. As far as difficulty, I'd say maybe the um, Sims one was a two out of 10. The Sims two, because there was no, science on how to do it. Like you literally just trial and error, go through the checklist. I'm rating that like a, a seven out of 10 on difficulty. It was, it was like, hard. unless you've got really just hard, like a windows XP machine sitting around, then, then it'll yeah. be one out of 10. Cause you just install it. Y- yes. But then, then also becomes the tricky part. How do you get origin on that machine to actually download the Sims ultimate collection? I mean, you oh, well, sure. Means, you, you, but you, you know, would need the discs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You need the discs exactly. on your Windows so, XP machine for sure. But there becomes the chicken and the egg problem. How do you get it if you don't have it <laughs> on Windows eBay. XP? eBay. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Or, so. you know, the internet might know. <laughs> yes, yeah. I've I've heard that they have they have the answers, yes. so. Well. Anything else? No, I, I don't think so. I do want to apologize for my voice. I talked a lot today and I, I, I find, you know, I get really annoyed when people have gravelly voices. So I'm sorry, <laughs> everyone out there listening. If you were annoyed by my voice, I, so I will do better. I promise. <laughs> yeah. So annoyed by your, <laughs> so, your voice. Well, there, I mean, there's sometimes, you know, I just hear people talk like this all the time and I'm like, Ooh, clear your throat, please. Like, <laughs> oh, you didn't <laughs> sound like anyway. that. Least, like, not, not, not to me yeah. anyway. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, The Sims, we're doing it. I'm excited. I think it'll be fun. Um, I played <laughs> yeah. it. I played it way back in the day when it was new. So it's uh, it's been interesting, kind of getting into it. So um, looking forward to getting more into it and then talking about it next time. So hey, everybody! Thanks so much for listening to the show. We know there are a lot of podcast options out there, and we appreciate you taking the time to put our words in your ears. It really does mean a lot. Uh, you can also check out our website at www.retrogametimemachine.com and you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, and heck, probably other 
probably every other podcasting app out there. Uh, you can join us on Discord. You can follow us on Instagram. I got I got pictures there. Who knew? There's pictures on Instagram. Uh, you can also support us at the two and five dollar tiers on Patreon. And come come and join us next time when we talk about The Sims. May your video games be fun. And bye for now. See you.